Welcome to episode 230 of the Truth Quest podcast, the truth about Vladimir Zelensky. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and see discussions going on about Vladimir Zelensky, the Twitter files, abortion, inflation, or the deadly and toxic COVID vaccine, please share the TruthQuest podcast with your friend. Tell them to browse episode titles and dive into whatever topics pique their interest. Episodes are available on a host of platforms, including iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, BitChute, Rumble, and Instagram, where I post a short highlight of each show at instagram.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. And I also recently joined Telegram. Whatever platform you may be listening to this on, please take a moment and give it a five-star rating, hit the like button, leave a positive review, or better yet, subscribe to the podcast. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through online advertising. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for details. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. When you think of Vladimir Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, what comes to mind? For many of you, it's probably a mental image of the dude with the stubbled, bearded face wearing that god-awful green or brown fatigue shirt and cargo pants. You likely think of him as being a brave and fearless leader in the face of big bad Vladimir Putin following Russia's invasion of Ukraine last year. That is at least the image portrayed by the media, and I mean all media, both the alphabet soup conspiracy media and more conservative outlets like Fox News. He gets fawned over by celebrities and receives a hero's welcome when he came to address Congress last month, all of which demonstrates just how entrenched the warfare state is in American society. Case in point, to date, the United States has sent, what, $100 billion to Ukraine to aid in their war effort? A corrupt government of a bankrupt country sending billions to another corrupt government of another bankrupt country. What a world we live in. So instead of declaring war against Russia for, I don't know what, our government has decided to wage a proxy war with the country with the second largest nuclear arsenal using the brave and fearless Zelensky as the puppet. I mean, why not? The United States has been doing this all over the world for, what, 75, 80 years? Certainly since the 1950s. Just ask the South Americans. Pick a country and odds are the CIA has been involved in the ouster of some head of state there, if not assassinations. The Middle East? Syria, Egypt, Iran, Iraq? I mean, come on. The deadly meddling by the United States is endless. Hell, we even had a hand in the ouster of one of the previous presidents of Ukraine before Zelensky. Sorry to get sidetracked. In this episode, we're going to examine, as the title suggests, the truth about Vladimir Zelensky. I'll give you a hint. He ain't what the media says he is. If you're interested in going a little bit deeper into what is going on in Ukraine and the Russian invasion, check out episode 186, The Truth About Ukraine. Who is Vladimir Zelensky? Well, he's trained as a lawyer, but believe it or not, he's known for his work as an actor and comedian who played the role of a history teacher who becomes famous online and ends up being made president of Ukraine. Think of all the shit that Reagan and Trump took from their opponents over the years for being former actors or reality show stars. But nary a thought about this dude. Zelensky was able to secure the real presidency in 2019 through his political party called Servant of the People. 
He ran on an anti-corruption platform and beat incumbent president Petro Horsheko with 74% of the vote. It's been all downhill since then. Now keep in mind, Ukraine is historically one of the most corrupt countries on the planet. Why do you think Hunter and Joe Biden were so heavily involved in that country's affairs over the last decade? It was rife for evil and corrupt opportunists like the Bidens. So what's the deal with Zelensky? Well, other than the fact that he has used martial law to ban a number of opposition political parties, including the largest party after his own, other than the fact that he silenced dissent in the media, and other than the fact that he shut down Orthodox churches, there's nothing to see here. Let's look at each of these briefly, just to give you a flavor of the great and fearless leader of Ukraine. Six months before Russia invaded Ukraine, and without Parliament's involvement, Zelensky passed broad sanctions against various digital media publishers. Strana, one of Ukraine's largest outlets at the time, with 24 million visits per month, was his primary target. Why, you ask? Because it was one of the few remaining opposition media in Ukraine. After its primary URL was cut off, the outlet was forced to try another one, which is still forbidden in Ukraine. Needless to say, Strana's viewership dropped by more than 94%. Then Zelensky nationalized the country's broadcast media under martial law powers invoked after Russia's invasion last year. He stressed the need for a, quote, unified information policy to combat Russian disinformation and voices critical to the government. Boy, he learned a lot from the Democrats here in the United States, didn't he? Need a villain? Dial up 1-800-RUSSIA-DISINFORMATION. Some of Zelensky's exploits in this area include pressuring publication owners, making demands on political talk shows, attempting to cancel the screening of a documentary film, and threats of criminal prosecution against media outlets and journalists. Taking another page out of the Democrats' playbook as they pursue all things Trump, Zelensky went after a guy named Viktor Medvedchuk, a member of the Ukrainian parliament, a leader of the opposition bloc party, and owner of a news outlet called Newsom. Back in December 2021, Medvedchuk made some comments critical of Zelensky's reneging on his campaign promise of finding peaceful solution to the conflicts in eastern Ukraine, as that issue was widely known as Zelensky's number one promise. On February 3, 2021, President Zelensky circumvented Parliament to enact sanctions on three television stations believed to be affiliated with Medvedchuk. The channels were immediately taken off the air. Zelensky also sanctioned the air travel company used by Medvedchuk and pressured American social media companies like YouTube and Facebook to deactivate the accounts of Medvedchuk-affiliated companies, which the social media giants ultimately did. Again, just like the authoritarian censors at the FBI and the Democratic Party here in the United States. The Ukrainian federal government now has near total control over Ukraine's news media. Not content to harass individuals who may oppose him like Medvedchuk, Zelensky also banned a long list of opposition political parties with alleged ties to Russia, 11 to be exact. The country's National Security and Defense Council took the decision to ban the parties from any political activity. Most of the parties affected were small, but one of them, the Opposition Platform for Life Party, has 44 seats in the 450-seat Ukrainian parliament. Not content in silencing his political opponents and controlling the media, 
Zelensky also set his sights on Eastern Orthodox churches and took punitive action against them. What was their crime? Ties to Russia, of course. Again, right out of the Democratic Party playbook. Just yell Russia collusion over and over again, and you can do whatever the hell you want to those you attack. According to Reuters, the new penalties mean that several clerics will have, quote, their assets seized and are subject to a ban on a range of economic and legal activities, as well as a de facto travel ban. Keep in mind, the vast majority of Ukrainians belong to Eastern Orthodox churches, with many worshiping in parishes that take direction from something called the Moscow Patriate. That's how closely large chunks of the Ukrainian people are to the Russians. Just last month, December 2022, Zelensky announced that Kiev would attempt to expel all religious institutions with ties to Russia, arguing that the move would make it impossible for religious organizations affiliated with centers of influence in the Russian Federation to operate in Ukraine. So what is my point in producing this short episode? Honestly, I couldn't give two shits about Vladimir Zelensky. He's just another thug ruling over a corrupt government, kind of like Joe Biden. As I mentioned, I grew increasingly tired of the media's portrayal of him as a hero, and I mean all media. But what most incensed me was all the money the Warhawks in D.C. kept shoveling down this rat hole, knowing of the exploits of Hunter and Joe in Ukraine. Then to find out that the bankrupt cryptocurrency exchange FTX was nothing more than a money laundering operation between the United States Treasury, the Ukrainian government, and back to the Democratic Party in the form of campaign contributions. Enough's enough. Then this piece of garbage visits the United States to address Congress, gets a hero's welcome, and asks for more money. Hello? How about we act like adults and instead of provoking World War III, we sponsor some peace talks? Like I said at the opening, watching a corrupt government of a bankrupt country sending money to another corrupt government of another bankrupt country is quite a sight to see. The least we could do is tie the funds to legitimate peace negotiations. But no, Washington wants World War III with Russia. Back to Zelensky's heroes welcome in DC, Tucker Carlson said Zelensky arrived at the Biden White House dressed like a strip club manager and demanded money. Hillary Clinton, who never saw a war that your son or daughter shouldn't fight, described Zelensky's speech as inspiring, historic, and comparable to Winston Churchill. And you won't be surprised to know that Nancy Pelosi agrees with Hillary's assessment. When someone is endorsed by Hillary and Nancy, I automatically dismiss them as phonies, corrupt, immoral, criminals, evil, dishonest, or frauds. Sometimes all of the above, which certainly is the case with Zelensky. And I save the best for last. Would the guy I just described, a verifiable totalitarian who commandeered the media in his country, strangled his political opposition, and even shut down churches, would you think a guy like that as man of the year by any moral or righteous measure? I mean, authoritarian of the year, yes. Fundraiser of the year, after all the money he's extracted from the corruptocrats in D.C., yes. But not Time Magazine man of the year, right? I mean, that would be a bridge too far. Out of 7 billion people on the planet? Suffice it to say that between the media portrayal of this glorified gangster and his actions as president, I for one can no longer remain silent about the truth about Vladimir Zelensky.
Is the Russian invasion of Ukraine bad? Yes. Is Putin a bad dude? Yes. But the media's representation of and Washington's ring kissing and ass kissing of Zelensky is so far off base that the record needed to be straightened out. And that's the truth about Vladimir Zelensky. Please subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform.